Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Please stand by. We're about to begin. Hello and welcome to Wildbrain's fiscal 2021 fourth quarter and full year earnings call. Today's call is being recorded. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during that time, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, press star two. I'd like to turn the call over to Nancy Chan Palmatier, Director, Investor Relations at Wildbrain. You may begin your conference. Thank you, Operator, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Speaking on the call today are Eric Allenbogen, our CEO, and Aaron Ames, our CFO. Also with us and available during the question and answer session are Josh Sherba, our President, and Danielle Neath, our EVP of Finance and Chief Accounting Officer. First, we have some standard cautionary statements. The matters discussed on this call include forward-looking statements under applicable securities laws with respect to Wildbrain, including but not limited to statements regarding the future growth and financial and operating performance of Wildbrain and its subsidiaries, including expected revenue growth for Wildbrain Spark in Q1 of the company's fiscal 2022, activation of the company's IP and results therefrom, the timing for certain product rollouts, the future financial and operating results of the company, including revenue and adjusted EBITDA for the company's fiscal 2022, investments of the company and benefits therefrom, and the strategic priorities, business strategies, and operational activities of the company, and its growth and long-term prospects. Such statements are based on information currently available and factors and assumptions which management believes are reasonable, but which may prove to be incorrect. A number of risks, uncertainties, and other important factors could cause actual events performance results to differ materially and adversely from those described in the forward-looking statements, including the risk factors set out in the company's most recent MD&A and AIF. Please note that all currency numbers are in Canadian dollars. For the question and answer that will follow, we ask that each analyst keep to one question with one follow-up so that everyone has a chance to ask questions. If you would like to ask an additional question, please rejoin the queue. With that, I'll now turn it over to our CEO, Eric Ellenbogen. Uh, Thank you, Nancy, and thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, Fiscal 21 was a turning point for Wildbrain, during which we returned to growth, driven by our focus on creativity, digital media, and IP. Aaron's going to talk to you about the numbers in a few minutes, uh, but what I'd like to highlight at the outset is that compared to last year, in both Q4 and the full fiscal, we saw growth in revenue, adjusted EBITDA, and free cash flow. Uh, Now, this growth reflects the work that we've been focused on over the last two years. When I joined Wildbrain in late August 2019, I set the goal of turning the company around and propelling it on a path of sustainable growth and profitability. And I'm pleased to see that the 360-degree IP strategy that we put in place is starting to show results as more of our IP is switched on 
and we maximize the earnings power of our assets. The management team and I will be providing a deeper dive into how that strategy has transformed the company for the future at our investor day on October 5th. Uh, but today, I'd like to highlight some of our key achievements and then take a closer look at a few of our more, more recent announcements. First, we've executed against numerous high-profile content partnerships, including two major deals with Apple TV Plus for new original series, making the streaming service home to both Peanuts and more recently, Yo Gabba Gabba. We struck a partnership with Netflix and Sega to launch a brand new Sonic the Hedgehog series. And also for Netflix, we delivered three original series, Johnny Test, Chip and Potato, and Go Dog Go. We also repatriated the US rights for Caillou and have since licensed the series to Warner's Cartoon Network exclusively for that market. In brand management, licensing and digital, we relaunched, just announced, Strawberry Shortcake for a new generation of kids. We are seeing early success with the relaunch of Teletubbies for the adult Gen Z audience. And at our licensing agency, Wild Brain CPLG, we expanded our operations in the US, India, Germany, and Italy. At our AVOD network, Wild Brain Spark, we forged partnerships with the Emoji Company and Moose Toys to launch a new series for original IP with licensing representation by Wildbrain CPLG. And in addition to these commercial achievements, we've realigned our senior management team, built our bench strength, we've hired top executive talent across content, distribution, and licensing. We've also successfully refinanced our debt on favorable terms, removing the financial maintenance covenant from our senior secured term loan. I'm really proud of the team's accomplishments in the last two years and can tell you there's a lot more to come. We've been working steadfastly, executing on exactly the goals that I set from the start, and we're, we're majorly hitting our stride now, which is starting to show in our results. I'd like to speak to you uh, now about uh, some detail about a few of the partnerships and initiatives, including our just announced deal with Apple TV Plus on Yo Gabba Gabba. Uh, our relaunch on Strawberry Shortcake and our activities around Teletubbies and Caillou and our partnership with Moose Toys and Akato through Wild Brain Spark and CPLG. Last week, as I mentioned, we announced another partnership with Apple TV Plus for that platform to become the global home for our highly popular show, Yo Gabba Gabba. With the show's creators, we're co-producing a brand new 20-episode series for Apple TV Plus we also licensed our full Yoko Gabba Gabba library of 66 episodes and two specials. And like our prior Apple TV Plus agreement, which saw the platform become the home for our new Peanuts content, as well as uh, Peanuts classic specials, this Yo Gabba Gabba partnership is an excellent example of how having successful branded IP in our portfolio can drive larger deals for new content with premium SVOD platforms. Yo Gabba Gabba is a perennial family favorite. We previously licensed the Gabba library to telecasters worldwide, and it's been adored by millions on screen and sold out live stage shows and through innovative toys and consumer products. And as we've seen with Peanuts, we believe that the global platform of Apple TV Plus will help power our consumer products licensing and live experiences for the brand. 
Igniting kids' IP is what we do at BioBrain. With our integrated capabilities, we take our brands all the way from new content development and production to global distribution and audience delivery through WildBrain Spark, and to consumer products by our licensing agency, WildBrain CPLG. We are truly unique in the marketplace as the only independent media company with all of these kids' assets and capabilities under one roof. Yo Gabba Gabba is not the only legacy brand from our vault that we've been busy at in the last quarter. Just last week, we announced an ambitious relaunch for Strawberry Shortcake, a wholly owned Wild Brain property. First introduced in 1973 as just a greeting card, Strawberry Shortcake became a wildly popular brand in the early 1980s as a line of toys, apparel, consumer products, and multiple TV series. The brand has tremendous history at retail, selling over $500 million per year, U.S. dollars, of licensed consumer products annually at its peak, including over 5 million of its famous strawberry-scented dolls. The franchise, to date, has generated more than $4 billion at retail. Our relaunch marks the beginning of a new era for Strawberry Shortcake, as we take these beloved characters into the future, fully engaging our expertise in brand management, igniting the franchise with new original content, digital distribution through WildBrain Spark, and a robust consumer products program through WildBrain CPLG. The licensing program rolling out through 2022 includes a new toy line from Moose Toys, 10 original songs, new books from Penguin Random House, and retail partnerships with name brands such as Sunkist, among others. So please watch out for our new Strawberry Shortcake animated series titled Barry in the Big City, which launches this Saturday on Wild Brain Spark in five languages around the world. And consistent with our always-on strategy of content across every media, a second 40-episode season of Barry in the Big City has been greenlit. Wild Brain Studios is developing a slate of new CG-animated Strawberry Shortcake family specials for a major streaming platform. And in early October, we're premiering our first-ever Roblox game, starring Strawberry Shortcake. And Roblox, as many know, is one of the most popular 3D digital gaming platforms for kids and teens, with every day more than 20 million kids playing games on that platform. The Strawberry Shortcake brand relaunch has been a labor of love for our creative teams. And while staying true to what makes Strawberry Shortcake special, or sweetness, or scent, uh, strawberry motif, this new vision aims to inspire today's kids with relevant, pro-social, and empowering themes of diversity, sustainability, and entrepreneurship. And this digital first relaunch of Strawberry is designed to appeal to today's kids wherever they're playing games or watching content. We're ready to return Strawberry Shortcake to our past glory, and we believe today's kids are going to make Strawberry Shortcake a big part of their lives. We're also reinvigorating the Teletubbies as a pop culture icon for uh, Gen Z. Today's young adults who were the original loyal Teletubbies audience when they were toddlers. These adults have a great fondness and nostalgia for Teletubbies, and we've been successfully engaging them through PR stunts, marketing campaigns, and character appearances at events like Pride Month and New York Fashion Week going on just now. Our goal is to amplify the brand and to create a stream of licensing opportunities 
that will allow these fans to engage with brand through events and consumer products. Another evergreen title we're bringing to new life is Caillou. Earlier in the year, we consolidated the U.S. rights to Caillou along with our strategy to aggregate ownership and perfect the chain of title for our IP. We've seen immediate returns on our investment as we licensed the show's entire back catalog to Warner Media's Cartoon Network, as well as multiple seasons of new Caillou shorts being made by Wild Brain Spark. And in addition to that, we've also now greenlit five new CG animated Caillou specials. Caillou remains a massively popular show worldwide, evidenced by the fact that its Wild Brain Spark channel ranks among the top 1% of kids' channels on all of YouTube. Um, so, to paraphrase Mark Twain, reports of Caillou's demise are greatly exaggerated. Uh, he's alive and well, uh, perhaps still annoying to adults, but absolutely beloved by preschoolers, and there are great things to come. Turning out a Wild Brain Spark, which is our AVOD network, it continues to add commercial partnerships and to create and manage digital content that drives revenue across all of our business units. We recently announced a content and licensing partnership with Moose Toys to produce, again, a digital first series with their new Akato toy brand. Wild Brain handles worldwide distribution of the new series, and Wild Brain CPLG is managing the Akato Global Licensing Program. We will also enjoy a share of revenues from toys, distribution, and consumer products. We also saw a normalization of views and watch times in Q4 compared to last year, reflecting the end of COVID-19 lockdowns. This hit a bottom in April 21 and has been improving sequentially month to month since then. Views and watch times increased 26%, and 20% respectively from April to August. Advertising rates also trended up, showing an average increase of 163% since April. And in terms of views, Spark has been outperforming its peers and the overall tier genre on YouTube. We're also focused on growing higher value views, promoting content where we have IP ownership or sharing consumer products. And our core of audience is watching longer on Wild Brain Spark, as, soon, as shown in the growing average duration of views, which is up 17% over last year. Kids and families are spending more time on our network, enjoying our premium, full-length content, which is replicating the TV experience. Wild Brain Spark's revenues were up 81% in the current quarter, reflecting ongoing improvements in advertising rates and ad placements. And if these positive trends continue, together with our focus on higher value views and holistic partnerships, we expect to see continued growth at Wild Brain Spark for the full year, and we forecast Q1 2022 revenue increasing by at least 60% over last year's Q1. So I'm confident that we're on track with our strategy, doing exactly what we set out to do when I joined the company two years ago. We're leveraging our 360-degree capabilities for our own and partner IP across content, distribution, and audience delivery, building franchises that fuel consumer products upside and drive revenue across all of our business lines. This momentum provides excellent visibility on and confidence in our future revenue and earnings, and it positions us for long-term growth. So now I'll turn the call over to Aaron, 
to tell you what this means for our output. Thank you, Eric. As Eric mentioned, our results reflect the building momentum across our businesses. Further, our recently announced IP launches coupled with our robust pipeline of high-quality deals continue to enhance our visibility around future revenue and earnings. We have also been working hard over the past few years to implement and upgrade our forecasting, planning, and analysis systems. As a result of these improvements in both the process and visibility, we wanted to give some guidance around our business this year. We expect revenue of approximately $480 million to $500 million and adjusted EBITDA between $87 million and $93 million in fiscal 2022 based on our latest projections and our current pipeline, as well as expected timing around revenue recognition on our production projects. Our growth this year is net of the significant investments we've made and are making across the organization. These investments largely fall in five key buckets. First, we're investing in creative to ensure we have top-flight product. Creative drives everything. Secondly, in marketing to drive awareness for our IP and brands and to drive licensing opportunities. Thirdly, in technology to build out our proprietary software tools, which drive insights, awareness, and monetization at Spark. Fourth, across commercial teams to optimize how we bring our product to market. And fifth, we're doubling down on our digital content pipeline and product roadmap to grow high-quality viewership and monetization across our Spark network. And we're attracting the very best talent and people to drive our long-term value. While these investments are impacting margin in the short term, they are critical to our future growth. As we have said, we will begin to scale these investments as we move through this year, and it will accelerate from there and will provide meaningful future returns as we move through 2022 and beyond. We've begun to see traction, but it's early days. Looking now at the key numbers for Q4 and fiscal 2021, revenue in Q4 grew 21% to $112.6 million compared to $92.9 million in Q4 2020. Full-year revenue increased 6% to $452.5 million compared to $425.6 million in fiscal 2020. Q4 net income increased to $11.4 million compared to $4 million in Q4 2020. Full-year net loss improved to $7.1 million compared to a net loss of $236 million in fiscal 2020, largely due to a non-cash goodwill impairment taken in fiscal 2020. Positive free cash flow increased 50% in Q4 to $13.9 million compared to $9.3 million in Q4 2020. Fiscal 2021 positive free cash flow increased 16% to $31.5 million compared to $27.1 million in fiscal 2020. Adjusted EBITDA in Q4 2021 increased 3% to $19.2 million compared with $18.7 million in Q4 2020. And adjusted EBITDA for fiscal 2021 increased to $83.1 million compared with $81.8 million last year. I'll now turn the call back to Eric. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, fiscal 2021 was truly a turning point for Wildbrain, and I'm incredibly proud of our team. Our strong portfolio of IP brands and integrated management structure position us as a leader within the kids' media business, and we expect to grow profitability and that it will accelerate from fiscal 2022 and beyond. As we continue to invest in our business, we're just beginning to switch on the assets in our vault and to leverage Wildbrain's unique capabilities in content, distribution, audience delivery, and consumer products licensing to maximize profitability. 
We're looking forward to providing investors and analysts with more details at our upcoming Investor Day. Uh, before we open the call to questions, um, I want to note a change of date for the Investor Day. We had originally scheduled it for September 30th. However, a new federal holiday in Canada called the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation was recently enacted on that date to recognize and commemorate the tragic legacy of residential schools. So in observance of this important day, we've rescheduled uh, to uh, October 5th uh, in New York. And registration for that event is now open, uh, which you can access on our corporate website. Um, so now um, let me open it up to questions. Thank you, sir. At this time, if you'd like to ask a question over the phone lines, please press star, then one on your telephone keypad. And again, to withdraw your question, press the star followed by the digit two. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. All right, we'll take our first question from Aravinda Galapathij with Canaccord Genuity. Good morning. Thanks for uh, taking my questions, and congrats on the uh, the year and uh, and the uh, the new signings. Um, I was wondering to start with uh, Eric. Maybe um, uh, you can talk to how you see uh, fiscal 22 playing out from a consumer products uh, perspective, um, and obviously spilling over to 23. When when I sort of aggregate the announcements you've been making all the way back from to the the, uh, the the peanuts uh licensing to apple tv plus and now yogata and strawberry shortcake sonic hedgehog etc um what sort of acceleration should we uh think of when we look to sort of project out uh consumer products obviously it has implications for margins as well um obviously the timing i know changes um you know different uh different uh, deals sort of hit would, would affect the numbers at various points but i was wondering if you can help us with that and secondly uh for aaron um with respect to the television numbers i know there was a sort of an equity recruitment you've talked about i was wondering if you can sort of clarify that a little bit thank you Sure. Uh, thanks for your question Aravinda. um you know i think you picked up correctly on the effect of the pipeline content activating the high margin, very valuable consumer products business. And we are in full swing definitively when it comes to the peanuts business that already had a strong base uh, global basis, uh, but that has stepped up now with the marketing spend Production, uh, that is, uh, is going quite strongly. Apple TV Plus, delighted with that partnership and the uh, caliber and quality content that's being produced at our studios. Um, it's providing a lot of excitement in the marketplace. And even in a year where most other companies over COVID suffered a downturn and CP licensing saw an acceleration. So um, it's kind of comfort food, uh, but more than that, exposure has been incredible. Uh, um, as to effect of what we have in the pipeline, this is really the year of content, and there's a lag effect as far as the consumer products program. That said, uh, we have signed some pretty 
formidable licensees, say strawberry shortcake is an example with content kicking off this Saturday, the blocks game, uh, also coming this month. Um, and they are poised, have marketing plans in place, uh, R&D product development continues, uh, and based on long-term plan plans that we've laid, but we know when they'll be coming into the market. Uh, it's important that chase success in CP and, and not, I think unfortunately may have been the case with the company in prior years of trying to lead CP uh, and that consumer pull through. That's really developed by and the content piece, uh, social media, obviously Brain Spark, all of our digital launches, always on SVOD content coming up and so forth. That's how, that's how long-term success uh, is created in our business. And it's been very deliberate. I know everybody has been patient, and I thank everybody for that. Uh, but we're really starting to see the dividends now um, of that strategy. So I'd say it's 23 stories. And uh, your question on the equity recruitment. So in uh, in television, we did have uh, a two million dollar equity, equity recruitment in Q4 of 2020, uh, related to a new series that we ha had made an investment in on Family Channel, and that uh, did not recur uh, in Q4 2021. So that's why we're seeing that revenue decline. There is some lumpiness with with the recognition of equity recruitment. Great, thank you. And, and just really quickly as a follow-up, but with respect to the guidance, um, I mean, when I look at uh, the EBITDA projection, there is uh, there seems to be a little bit of an uptick on the SG&A front. We saw that uh, in Q4 as well, and I think it was alluded to as well during the, the prepared remarks. Can you just talk about what those uh, incremental spend uh, components are sort of uh, through fiscal 20, or is it just a matter of the margin mix uh, when you consider this the, 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 the more faster growth from uh, from Spark? Yeah, we're seeing uh, really uh, significant growth in Spark, um, both um, both in uh, the, the algorithm and, and direct ad sales, and so we're continuing to invest, and so those investments relate to uh, marketing and, and uh, and talent, and so 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 exactly what you just said. That's what's uh, you know we're, we're continuing to make those investments to continue the growth. I, I, I might add so to that. Uh, I'll just add, uh, Ravinda, that um, we're kind of investing for the ages here, um, as each of these brands gets switched on. Um, I, I really I brought to the company some tremendous talent. We've invested deeply in creative, and we keep investing. And uh, it is about a you know having a, a very very strong foundational platform off of which we can continue to launch. And that's really going to lead to, and I think we'll see this in future years, great operating leverage uh, as we have this team in place now supported by these franchises. They have they actually have stuff to do, uh, and are extremely busy at work and this kind of integrated approach that we've taken across all the business divisions. So, thanks. Thank you. Once again, that's star one, if you'd like to ask a question. 
Your next question comes from the line of David McFadgen with Cormark Securities. Your line is open. Oh, hi. Yeah, sorry. Just uh, trying to take myself off mute. Um, anyways, yeah, just a, like a, a, first of all, a question just on the leverage. So you finished um, the year at 5.7 times. You indicate in your MD&A that you expect to get to mid-fours by same time next year. And I was just kind of wondering how that's going to happen given the EBITDA guidance. You know, it's, it's some growth, not a lot. Um, and then the free cash flow profile of the company. I'm just wondering how you expect to deliver by over a turn in a year. Yeah. Hi, hi, David. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we, we are very confident in our, in our, uh, in our leverage uh, and we've reaffirmed the guidance. Um, so we do expect it to be in that mid, in that mid four range by the end of the year. And, um, and, uh, um, you know, we, we continue to believe in that. So we, we maintain that, uh, that guidance. Okay. Well, maybe I'll ask it another way. When you look at your cash flow, um, statement, you know, when you look at the line net investment in film and TV programs, it was, uh, net investment in 2021. Are you expecting that to be a net positive in 2022 and that will help you get there? Yeah, so there are quarter, there are um, excess cash flow sweeps as well. So uh, as you can see, we're continuing to to generate cash, and so th- you know that's how we uh, that's part of how we get to the uh, the improvement in the leverage. Okay, and then can you comment at all about the financial impact that you expect? Um, from strawberry shortcake in fiscal 2022. I, I, I know if you can comment about M, you know, MGs on the consumer product side or, or anything like that that would help us out. Hi, hi David. It's Josh here. I would I would just say that it's minimal for 22. This is really uh, this is really a setup year, uh, and and we expect that to come through in fiscal 23. Okay. And then you talked about in your guidance how you expect the growth to. I think accelerate in 2022. So should we expect that in Q4 the, the year of year growth is going to be higher than say Q1, and that will carry into 2023, where we could actually see even higher growth in 2023? Is that kind of what you're? Yeah. Thinking? So we're so we're yeah. So we're, we're not guiding on a quarterly basis. We're we're looking at the whole year, um, and so uh, but we're very confident in our in our projections for next year. Based on based on the layering in of all the the contracts, as you saw, you know we just announced Yo Gabba Gabba, we had the Peanuts deal, we have a Sonic deal, so that that's giving us this confidence in our in our guidance that we're giving. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, I, I'll just add uh, one additional point uh, on the CP buildup, which is that our confidence stems from the MGs and the quality of the licensees that we've been able to enlist based on their full exposure to the brand plan and to content that they've seen and that continues to come through the system. And, you know, from an accounting perspective, you know, we do not, we do not take into revenue uh, the MGs. It's only royalty income until the MG may be earned. And our expectation is that the, the MG will almost be irrelevant uh, because it will be subsumed by uh, 
the, uh, the flow of royalty income uh, coming in as the product goes into the market. But, you know, that, that's further what gives us, you know, some visibility and confidence about where we're headed with these franchises. But thank you for your question. Okay, thanks so much. All right, and one more time, that is star one if you'd like to ask a question. Your next question comes from the line of Adam Schein with National Bank Financial. Uh, hi there. Two quick questions. Uh, the first, maybe for you, Eric, just in terms of strawberry shortcake, I mean, you highlighted all digital uh, launch in terms of the production, and no doubt it's a brand, it's a brand that can resonate on AVOD, uh, on Spark specifically, but just curious why the decision not necessarily to partner up um, with one of the streamers uh, in that effort in terms of the relaunch. And then, you know, a, a second question, um, maybe sort of touching on Aravinda's question around EBITDA. Is, is there any disclosure that you can provide, or maybe it comes perhaps in a couple of weeks' time um, at the Investor Day, but uh, just anything around the level of spending that is indeed occurring, both in terms of you know building up the talent team, obviously stepping up some of the marketing spend, and, and how that level of spending last year, fiscal 20, um, sorry, fiscal 21, going forward into 22 is evolving with a potential step down, perhaps in due course, to further elevate margins, maybe post-22. Thanks. Uh, David, thanks for your question. Um, so the decision around the strawberry shortcake was uh, quite intentional. Um, we chose wide distribution uh, through our digital-first Wild Brain Spark Network uh, on our own platform because we are the ones who control audience delivery and engagement that we would not have with a, a third party. That said, there will be, um, you know, watch this space, um, some large specials, CG, very high end, uh, that we'll be producing for the streamers. Uh, it's really about always on and on everywhere. It's about Roblox. It's about social networks. It's talking to moms. It's talking to kids. Um, and what we know, of course, from the massive network effect of Wild Brain Spark is not only the languages, the watch times, uh, the audience engagement, uh, watching follow-on episodes, uh, et cetera, but it is the primary to this day, discovery network for new IP. Uh, and that, that is the virtue of, of Wild Brain Spark and the network that we build, um, not only with our own proprietary content, but also with partner content, and that we're able to harvest just, you know, a massive amount of data and information about, uh, about views and discovery. It's the same reason why you know, I think one of the most savvy toy companies in this area is our partner, Moose Toys, and that's why we're launching their Akato brand as a digital first launch on our Spark network. Uh, similarly, Emoji Town, yet another IP that came to us through our Wild Brain uh, CPLG subsidiary, uh, has gone with Emoji Town, a brand new series. It's kind of the way of the world. Now, that said, we pick the most appropriate platform, and usually it's all of them when we can, uh, for property launches. Uh, this one we just knew was right. We did a lot of focus group testing. Uh, 
the discovery process. We also look at analogs, uh, like the explosive success of LOL Surprise, which was a digital first launch. Um, we see what the toy companies are doing now. We're partnered with many of them and the way that they build and promote franchises. So um, th this just seemed like the perfect pull together uh, where, you know, and I, I'm like incredibly excited about this because I, the, it galvanized every part of our company around this IP and make no mistake, other than peanuts, um, this is, as far as CP potential, these stand out with an incredible operating history. Uh, and, you know, it is a beloved property. And so, you know, and that's, that's the reason why there's no mistake that, you know, it's going out in LATAM Spanish and Portuguese and, uh, and, and French. We know where this works. We tested in those territories. And I think that we're going into this with uh, with a great deal of confidence and momentum. And uh, on your other point, Adam, um, you know, uh, on our investment, we're investing in creative digital content and, and the tech at Spark because we see um, the tremendous growth potential at Spark, and that this year was approximately eight million. Uh, First off, so Eric, thanks for the prior uh, color, much appreciated. Uh, Aaron, just so eight million of spend in F21, and any color in terms of how that evolves into 22, and whether or not there's a potential step down in that effort thereafter. So what we what we expect is that we'll start to see those returns, um, and the margin will improve over time because because we'll have more scale. So the so the margin will continue to improve. You know, obviously the people, you know, some of the people are still there and and working for us. And and uh, but but some of that is really one-time uh, tech build that we can use to to grow our our margins in the future. Okay, and of course you're not going to have the repeat of uh, the government subsidies per se, or at least they're certainly whittling down quite dramatically in Canada. And uh, I guess that's another. You know, dynamic as it relates to where the margins are in uh, F22 in the context of F21, right? Just something you need to overcome. Exactly. Okay. Thanks. All right. And one final time, that is star one. If you'd like to ask a question, we'll pause for just one more moment. Looks like there are no further questions over the phone lines at this time, so I'd like to turn the call back over to Nancy Chan Palmatier. Thank you, Operator, and thanks everyone for joining us today. We look forward to updating you further at our investor day on October 5th. Thank you, and have a great day. That does conclude today's conference. We thank everyone again for their participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.